Welcome to the Unknown Studio. I am Scott. I am one half of your hosts. And uh, a couple things you've probably noticed right off the beginning. Why didn't we have a hilarious introduction? Why didn't Adam ask me any questions? And where the heck is Adam to begin with? The fact is, the last few weeks have been very, very busy for both Adam and myself, both professionally and personally. And not to suggest the Unknown Studio is not a priority for us. It's just that we could not find a time where we both had the ability to sit down with a guest and do a proper interview. However, we felt guilty not putting something out. Uh, We actually pushed the episode an extra week, and then when that still didn't work out, we decided we have to release something for our dedicated listeners. And uh, so this is basically what we're releasing. It's not a proper episode. It's not in the normal format, but it is a, a series of odds and ends that we've had lying about or had a little bit of time to scrape together. Uh, to present to you, basically, to uh, fill your ear hole with a little bit of something entertaining in the meantime as we get set for our next proper episode. So Adam is in this episode. He'll be coming up right away with an interview. I'll be back as well with a little bit of uh, my own material. And uh, it'll just be a bit of a back and forth between us for the next little while. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and uh, hopefully by next episode, we'll be back to our normal format. So we've got a municipal election coming up here in the city of Edmonton that's going to happen in October, and things are already starting to get a little interesting. So to talk about uh, the the new insights that have that have sort of, or the new things that have happened, I've got Dave Cornoyer talking to us from Toronto. How are you doing, Dave? I, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, Adam. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, so anytime. Let's, so let's talk about uh, about who has declared so far. And as far as I know, uh, there's Carrie Diot, who declared very early on, and a gentleman named Curtis Penner. So what can you tell us about those two candidates? Well, I guess first setting it up, uh, I mean, the big, the big question up until a few weeks ago was whether Mayor Mandel is gonna, was going to run again. So Mayor Steve Mandel, who's been mayor for three terms, was hinting at maybe he was going to run again, maybe he was going to retire. Eventually he announced that he was going to retire. So almost it seemed almost immediately after he announced, um, or pardon me, it, wasn't, it was before he announced he was going to retire, but it was, it was immediately after the uh, city council voted on the arena to somewhat finalize the arena deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess as, as, as to, to bring the deal as final as it's, ever, as it's been so far. <laughs> uh, I mean, they still don't know where some of the money is going to come from, but they voted to move forward with it anyway. That's right. Uh, the day after that, uh, Councillor Kerry Diot... Uh, one of one of the kind of vocal critics of of the uh, arena deal on council uh, announced came out and announced that he was going to run for mayor and that was really uh, not a very big surprise. Uh, Diot, who's a first term councillor, has been kind of seen as as angling towards uh, a mayoral run uh, for probably about you know the, since the day after he was elected to city council. Oh, you really think so? Uh, I I, th- I think it was always in the cards. Sure. 
Um, what do you think about Councillor Diot declaring his candidacy without giving any details on a platform? There were a few critics about that, but is that pretty typical of, of candidates when they announce this kind of thing? Well, typically, when when someone someone uh, announces their their mayor, mayoral campaign, they have you know one or two lines explaining why they want to run for mayor. Sure. Uh, Kerry Diot really didn't have that. He he announced you know he announced he was running, and he said that when 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 the media inevitably asked the question, um, which isn't a surprise, uh, you know, Councillor Diot, why are you running for mayor, or what do you want to do as mayor? Uh, what would you want to do as mayor? He didn't really have an answer. He talked about how he wanted to listen. Edmontonians, which I don't really know what that means, because there's 800,000 people in the city, uh, many with very different opinions, and he said he wasn't big on traditional things like platforms or brochures. He didn't have a brochure, is what he said. So sure. I, I mean, I don't really know what. Uh, I'm not sure what his platform pieces are going to be. Um, I, I can, I'm, I can imagine what they're going to be. It's, it's, you know. He'll have something about the arena. Probably have something about potholes because he's the angry pothole guy on city guy on city council. Um, and then depending on who his council candidates are, I mean, he might pick on different issues. Right. Uh, and so the there's another person who's declared just the other day. We got news that a gentleman named uh, Curtis Penner, who um, in our earlier conversation before we started the interview, you said all you really know about the guy is that he's the president of the Ermanskin Community League. Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty much it. And it seems I mean, he, he kind of came out of nowhere. I think. Yeah, and and he's got a. He it sounds like a, you know no no diss to to Mr. Penner. He might be a single issue candidate by and large. Like he's really looking at um, the use of of uh, school grounds and infill and that sort of thing. And that seems to be the discussion that he wants to have with Edmontonians. Yeah, and you know, you know what? That's I think that's great. I yeah. mean, you know, whether whether he's running seriously or whether he's running just to raise an issue. Um, I mean, running for mayor—that's a platform. I mean, that just running and being a candidate and going to the mayoral candidate forums gives you a platform to talk about those issues and raise those issues. So, I mean, I I, I have a hard time. I mean, I don't know. The election really hasn't started yet. Uh, I don't really know who he is. I'm not sure many Edmontonians know who he is. Uh, so his chances of winning may be slim, but if he's running because he's serious, sincerely interested in raising an issue that he feels is important to Edmontonians, um, then I say all the power to him. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Now, we'll get to the uh, the undeclared mayoral candidates in a moment, but uh, there have been a few city councillors who've made their own announcements. Um, Amarjeet Sohi, as you know, announced that he would run for council again, but not for the mayor's chair. And one that yep. I guess sort of surprised me a little bit was that Jane Batty has decided that she will not run again. Yeah, this is a... Um I guess it's kind of expected and, un and unexpected. I think for the past, two, this is Jane Batty served five terms on council. Wow. I think she has she served five. I think. I think it's four. I seem to recall reading four, four somewhere. Yeah. Well, at least in the past two elections, I've heard rumors that she's she was thinking about retiring. So, I mean, I'd heard rumors that she was going to retire this time, but I kind of wanted to wait to actually hear her announce the retirement her retirement before uh, before, you know, before I. I uh, Wrote about it before, before you called it, um, but what's really interesting is that there's a number of people who've stepped up since uh, since before Jane Batty announced. Uh, Cassie Russell and Heather McKenzie are two candidates. Heather McKenzie's a, a current public school board trustee, and she's going to be running for city council in, in 
Jane Batty's Ward 6, and rumored to be running, interestingly, is um, former uh, Edmonton Journal columnist Scott McKean, apparently is rumored to be uh, preparing a run in Ward 6. And that, that is, of course, the, uh, the downtown uh, ward. Um, that yeah. covers, you know, Glenora and Oliver and all that stuff. Now, yep. what do you, I mean, given the way McKean uh, campaigned last time, what do you think he's going to have to do differently to, to really have a shot at this, if anything? Well, when, when Scott McKean ran in 2010, he ran in Ward 7, which is the riding, or not the riding, the, the ward just east of Ward 6. And he ran against an incumbent councillor, uh, Tony Caterina. And, I mean, I think that was a little different because it was a, it was a different ward. And there was an incumbent councillor, and, and yeah. as as you know, it's it's it's, it's very difficult to defeat a sitting incumbent uh, without with an open race without Jane Batty running in Ward Six. I think it, it is an open obviously it's an open race, uh, but I think Scott McKean has a has a, has a, a better shot at running in Ward Six. And I mean, he's he's the type of kind of uh, he's more of a downtown character. I think you know he's more urban. He drives the scooter. He has you know little circle glasses and <laughs> wears English ball caps. Uh, I, I think I think he's more of a downtown character, and I think he'll be uh, he'll be a front runner the minute he enters and enters the race. Sure, he is. He might actually be the original hipster. He might actually be. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Scott McKean, the original hipster. I, I I think you know what, Scott. If you want to use that, you feel free. Uh, just I, I I can't wait to see it on his campaign signs. O H. O H. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course. Uh, you know, when, when uh, Councillor Batty declared that she was not going to take another run at her council seat, she endorsed uh, sitting Councillor Karen Leibovici, and it's been widely speculated that she will announce a run for the mayor's chair. And along with that, yep. it's been widely speculated that Don Iveson will also run uh, for mayor. Uh, what, do you think, uh, what do you think those two prospective candidates, if they're going to run, why haven't they declared yet? Well, I mean, I think both of them, well, really, both of them signaled that they were going to wait to see what Mayor Mandel did before they announced. I mean, Kerry Diot, when he announced, he said he was going to run whether Mandel was running or not. But both uh, both Karen Leibovici and Don Iveson had previously said that they would not run for mayor if Mandel ran for re-election. So right. now that Mandel's announced that he's not running for re-election, I imagine both uh, Leibovici and Iveson are getting their uh, ducks all lined up in a row and getting their campaigns together before they announce. So it's still early. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be, I won't be surprised when both of them announce. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd be surprised if, if they announced any later than the end of this month, because then you're starting to get closer uh, to the election and, and uh, you know, those summer months and the fall months are extremely valuable campaign time. So I'd expect both uh, Leibovici and Iveson to announce within the next few weeks. Great. And in your opinion, uh, assuming that all of those those candidates are running for the mayor's chair, do you think this is going to be an interesting election? Do you think it's going to be ho hum or or caddy? What 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 are your predictions? Well, I think it's. I hope it's going to be an interesting election. Um, this is going to be Edmonton's first real open mayoral race since the nineteen sixties. The first time we don't have an incumbent or an interim mayor running for uh, re-election. So it's 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 wide open. And we do have some credible candidates. Uh, I mean, as you as uh, you know, one councillor is already in. Two, we're expecting two more councillors to jump in the race. And who knows? Maybe there'll be a third or four, or you know, another a fourth or fifth uh, outside candidate who's credible. Someone we we wouldn't expect to run. Um, there's a lot of unpredictabilities, and, and there's still time between now and the election for for people to jump in. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting, and because. 
there are a number of high-profile councillors running, the vote splits could be very interesting on, on election day. So it could go, I mean, any number of ways. Also interesting is that because there are three councillors running, for, or potentially running for mayor, and one councillor retiring, there's going to be some vacancies on council. So that means there's going to be open council races. So I, I think that will be really interesting to watch. Um, Don Iveson has already said that whether he runs for mayor or not, he's not running for his council seat again in Ward 10. Right, yeah. So there's already, I think, three candidates who are, yeah, three candidates who've, who've declared in Ward 10. So Michael Walters, uh, Richard Fian, and Zach Seismograph are all uh, running in Ward 10. Uh, and then if Karen Libavici doesn't run, uh, that opens her her ward of Ward 5. And I've heard, uh, I know one, one gentleman by the name of Dan St. Pierre is running, and I've heard uh, today that uh, uh, former Liberal candidate Arif Khan is actually planning, uh, preparing a run in Ward 5. Oh, wow. So this is going to be a very interesting and, you know, I would say historic election in a lot of ways. It could be, yeah. And and it's because it's not just the mayoral race that's going to decide what direction the next council goes. If there's enough council races, we could have a very different city council. And remember, unlike, um, unlike uh, you know, some cities, uh, Edmonton is just, Edmonton's mayor just has one vote on council. That's and, right. You know, they're, they're, sure, sure they're, they're the executive power, but uh, they are only one vote out of 13. So those other 12 votes really do matter uh, if the mayor wants to uh, implement their agenda. For sure. So, and council can really drive the agenda too if, if council has a different, wants to take a different direction than the mayor. Yeah, it could be uh, it could be a very interesting election and a very interesting next four years. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, um, and we'll have you back on in the fall when when all of this starts to heat up. Excellent. This this was wonderful, Adam. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Anytime, my friend. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. So a few months ago, word got out that CTV was going to be bringing The Amazing Race to Canada. It was kind of big news, and uh, there are indeed a lot of fans. And amongst those fans are Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod, the duo from Body Break. Now, they actually auditioned to be on the show a few months ago. And uh, although there have been rumors that they may have been cast, there is no official word yet. Nonetheless, uh, after word got out that they had auditioned, I was able to speak with Hal Johnson. Uh, wonderful interview. He was uh, a great conversation. And I'd been sitting on the interview for a few months now, just never quite finding an opportunity to use it. But this seems like as good a time as any. So here is the conversation I had back in March with Hal Johnson just after they had auditioned about why they auditioned for The Amazing Race and why they're such big fans of the show. And I guess we'll have to wait until June 15th when the show debuts to find out whether or not they actually made it into the show and uh, find out how they did.
Alrighty, so I guess uh, some quick background here. You guys have decided to audition for the Canadian version of The Amazing Race. What inspired you guys to do that? Well, it's one of those bucket list things. I mean, I've off, I've always wanted, uh, right from the beginning of Amazing Race, Joanne and I uh, love to travel, regardless of where it is uh, in the world, that we li- uh, like adventure, like different things, uh, like the unknown. So it was... Uh, and roadblocks and activities of what we've been doing on Body Break for 25 years. So it seemed like a natural fit for us um, to, uh, you know, to, to be on the show. We'd love to host the show. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, a, a close second would be to, to be on the show. Have you uh, been in touch with the producers in uh, any capacity to see if you might be able to uh, do some hosting work for them? Uh, I think they've already, already they're down to a short list. Um, I'm not. I have no idea who it might be, but uh, they've already uh, uh, had their their sessions uh, done. So uh, we, we, we I I did a little inquiry about that, but but uh, uh, you know, being a, a, a contestant uh, would be fun as well. And so that's when we uh, we looked at it that way. But it, one of the things is that we felt that um, that you know, being on the show, uh, we're just in a, like every other Canadian. Like we just want to get out and 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 be active and and see the uh see the country and compete and we love to compete and this is uh that's why we we really enjoy the amazing race well you guys have made a career out of uh athletics do you feel that your experiences uh involved in in competition and in athletics all across the country would give you a bit of an edge against any other competitors well i i've seen some of the uh the tapes and you can go to the youtube and and look at all the uh, the competitors. There's a lot of good people out there. There are people that are uh, not only, uh, say, call it 30 years younger than us, uh, but uh, they're they're you know they're in terrific condition, shape. But the one thing about Amazing Race, and people focus so much on the physical, it is as much or more mental. Uh, it's the uh, you know the the studying of uh, of, of our country, like we have an advantage in a sense, because when you, if those who get selected, they should be studying history of Canada um, and different nuances of Canada, things that Canadians should know. And uh, so, there's going to be a lot of things there that have nothing to do with your physical capability. And I think that's what people focus on. It's your, it's overcoming fears. It's, uh, um, you know, I mean, I'm not really, uh, I'm not looking forward to jumping out of an airplane. I mean, that's that's not where where's Joanne is. I mean, where compared to Joanna, I mean, um, you know, uh, to her, pepper is an exotic spice. Uh, to me, I can eat anything. So I'm doing the eating challenges. She'll be doing anything, uh, jumping off of, out of a plane or off of a building. Um, just we hopefully we'll complement each other in that, that respect. But I don't think we have an advantage that way necessarily physically because, you know, I'm 56. So, I mean, uh, you know, a, a 22-year-old, uh, you know, it's uh, in in good shape. It's still going to be a uh, uh, pretty tall order to to, to beat and, and to compete against. Now, uh, the other side of the coin is you guys are kind of uh, celebrities here in Canada. Do you feel that would make you a target for other contestants? Well, I think it's going to attract people, uh, and they're and there. It's also going to make us a target at the same time. I think it's the. Uh, there are people that are going to want to get to know us and say hi to us, and they're going to remember who we are because they maybe know who we are already before we start. Um, and they have an adva- they have an advantage over us because they they know us a little bit, 
Um, and they know, you know, Joanne can run like a deer. Uh, they know that uh, they know some things about us where we know nothing about them. So it's going to be our challenge, again, I must say, if we are fortunate enough to be selected, to get to know them uh, quickly. And that will be our challenge, to be able to, to find out, you know, who, who we can perhaps align with who, in, in that respect. But um, I think people will be open to us and people will be wary of us. So it really depends on the people that uh, the competitors um, that, that were there and, and up against. And, and I've seen some of the tapes, uh, many of the tapes I've watched and viewed. And I, I would, you know, frankly be honored to be among those people because there's a lot of great, great people that have uh, have auditioned for uh, for The Amazing Race. Now, on your audition video, you guys mentioned that you are huge fans of the original show. Uh, what draws you to The Amazing Race? What uh, made it such a, a part of your, I guess, weekly television uh, rituals? Well, it, it was, it, it struck a chord with us when we first watched it. Now, I, many people won't remember, but Amazing Race uh, previewed a week after, two weeks after 9-11. Um, and so nobody was in really in the mood to travel uh, right after that. And the show went on hiatus. It, it actually aired through that time after the first season, but then went on hiatus for almost a year um, because no one was in the mood to, to travel around the world. And Joanne and I were very disappointed when it, it went on hiatus because we enjoyed watching um, the different cultures and different people. And, and when we look about traveling across Canada, which the first show of Amazing Race is going to do, I mean, Canada is such a diverse country, and that's what what attracts us to that. You know, and we've we've been fortunate enough to travel coast to coast um, many times with Body Break all over all over Canada, uh, and it is such a great place. And I think it would be fantastic uh, to to see it. I mean, I think our advantage is that I don't know if many of the competitors would have been as to as many different places in Canada. So whether it be you know, navigating your way out of Edmonton's airport. I mean, I used to live in Edmonton. I used to play baseball in Red Deer. I played, played baseball in Edmonton, played baseball in Lac La Biche, Lacombe, um, uh, Barhead, uh, all those places in northern Alberta. I mean, um, I, I lived in Bragg Creek uh, uh, outside of Calgary. So, I mean, as far as Alberta is concerned, I've got a pretty good handle on the different areas. I've been Lake Louise. We've filmed in Lake Louise a number of times, Jasper, Banff. Um, so I think our advantage may be with the knowledge of the country and, um, and, and uh, the diversity of the country. Now, do you guys have an idea when you know if you'll be uh, accepted to be a contestant? Well, just uh, we're the same as every other uh, competitor out there. Uh, we don't know anything more than anyone else. Um, but there, what I've heard on CTV is that they're going to be placing it uh, in their summer rotation, starting in uh, July. So, you know, logic, and I know a little bit of editing. We've been doing that for quarter century now. At the, the time that it takes to do that, that I would think that they would be filming sometime in May, and therefore they're going to have to pick the people in uh, the end of March, the 1st of, April, 1st of April, I would assume. That's that's just my assumption. By mid-April, I think they would probably have the uh, the team selected um, and uh, and on their way. But I certainly don't know any more than anything anybody else that has, has submitted their, uh, their audition tape. Now, worst-case scenario, 
if you guys don't get selected as contestants this year, do you have plans to resubmit next year and try again? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that would be, uh, you know, it's funny because it's one of those things that, you know, would, would we be disappointed? Well, yeah, we would be disappointed, but we, I totally understand. I mean, uh, there's a, a lot of great competitors out there, and you just, you know, there's... Um, you know, and and it's what they're looking for, what they're casting, and it's not just you know picking us necessarily. It's what it's it's you're you're making when you're making a television series, um, you're you're building a stew, and you've got to put all the right ingredients in that stew. So um, uh, we don't we wouldn't certainly wouldn't take it personally, um, and we would be honored to be on the show. So we 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 would submit again and again and make a new tape, and and we we put our tape together in about. Uh, two and a half hours in in our in, in our basement. So we basement we shot it in our kitchen and and the the gym is uh, is in our basement. We shoot some of our body break episodes there as well. And and we didn't do it with a professional crew. I I, I just did that with my camera, uh, my camera that I got at a, a consumer store and a couple of lights and uh, a couple of microphones and uh, and put it together. So it was. Uh, uh, you know, very in a sense, we call it very homemade uh, spot, but uh, uh, I think it was effective and, and it was fun. And, and Joanne, Joanne edited it; she did all the editing, and she put the piece in where I fell at the end with the um, the, the cross country skis. I, it was unexpected to me, but I'm, I'm glad she put it in. It, uh, you know, because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff um, that you know we're not perfect with uh, with everything we do by, by any stretch of the imagination, and. Uh, uh, a lot of times we're falling, and you know, I, I know when we were doing uh, uh, climbing out in uh, Banff, uh, just out, just outside of Banff, at three uh, three sisters uh, out there, um, uh, I fell quite a uh, quite a ways down the mountain. <laughs> Luckily, that we had a safety rope. So, uh, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of a lot of crazy things over the years, and uh, it's been a, it's been a blast. And beyond the amazing race would be just another. Uh, fantastic opportunity to uh, uh, to do it and show people that you know if you're I'm closer to sixty than I am to fifty and uh, if we can still get out there and do it so can you. Right on. Well, that's all my specific questions that I have for you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, well, no. I just uh, you know I've uh, I've I love Edmonton. I uh, love Alberta. I've been out there many many times and lived there for quite some time. And and when Amazing Race comes out there, I'm, you know, I'm sure the the jewels of Edmonton there are of Edmonton and Alberta. They're all around. Um, so I look forward to uh, uh, to being there. And I hope, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about Edmonton. I say, you know, one thing you got to know is you got to know how to to traverse, especially downtown. There, go, going down to uh, it used to be called Renfrew Park down there at the um, uh, in 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 the, in the valley to, over the bridges and down through. So uh, I, I know the city a little bit, and uh, I hope we come to Edmonton and hope I'm on the show. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't suppose you'd be willing to give uh, your Edmonton fans a keep fit and have fun? Well, absolutely. Uh, until next time, keep fit and have fun. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me this evening, Hal. My pleasure. Thanks for, uh, thanks for reaching out. Do you have a business plan, but you're not sure where to go from there? Do you want to increase sales, get noticed, wow your audience, make your mom proud? Well, we've got you covered. We're connected, we're creative, and we're innovative. We are strategy first. If you've got a great product or service and you want the whole world to take notice, call Focus Communications. Let's start a conversation. 
go to focuscom.ca. is the part of the show where normally we would take a moment to thank our sponsors. And so I will thank our sponsors uh, in slightly less hilarious fashion than normal. Starting with Focus Communications, they are a PR firm based off the internet. They are uh, run by the amazing humans, and they are indeed amazing because of all the support that they've been giving us since the beginning of this season. Uh, you should definitely give them a look online, focuscom.com. That's focuscom with one M. Com. And our longest running sponsor, we're very pleased to continue to have a partnership with them. They are Guru Digital Arts College. Uh, we often refer to them as the Hogwarts of digital media in Edmonton, and that's because they really are amongst the best of the best. If you're looking to start a new career in the digital arts, definitely check out Guru Digital Arts College. That's gurudigitalarts.com. And now, back to the show. So as many of our listeners will know, it is nearly Pride Week. It kicks off, I believe, on Saturday with the Pride Parade that goes through downtown. And in honor of the occasion, I wanted to bring uh, people we've had as guests before, uh, Tara Jans and Janelle uh, Aker. Aker? Aker? Do I ever say that right? You know, we had this exact same conversation about a year ago. Yeah, so here we are. <laughs> back to the drawing board. Yeah, and we're again sitting in our kitchen. Only you're not with us drinking tiny beers. No, I'm. Uh, I'm in my office at home. We're doing this entire show, uh, doing interviews remotely because uh, our schedules are so messed up right now. But uh, is that what? Are you like in a bunk bed area? <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm in a. I'm underneath a loft bed. So we have a desk underneath the loft bed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you like put curtains around it so you have like your own little den or hideout. Maybe the curtains are open right now. Maybe you just can't see them. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who can't see, because this is an audio podcast, I'm literally underneath a bed right now. Um, but that's not what this is about. I want to talk to you guys about about pride. Now, the the parade's on Saturday, and you are uh, marching in the parade as I dig your girlfriend. Correct. Yes, we are. And it's the first time we're doing it. We're really excited. And you've invited many different people to join you. What, why did you want to march in the parade and why did you want to bring all your all your pals with you? Um, I think well, last year we like both Tara and I have been going to the parade as viewers, but um, just because I don't know. Um, you people don't see us because we're online like we're online and we we write online so to kind of just be like yeah we actually exist and if you want to <laughs> meet us that's cool and if you want to wave at us that's okay and if if you don't like us that's okay too but we're real people cool and just to kind of get faces behind the the names or aliases that people write behind so it's obviously the two of you and how many of your uh, of your contributors are going to be joining you um, we have a, about a handful of our contributors. Um, some of them are out of out of town this week. Um, others are actually really, really shy, so they're going to be down there, but they're not going to be walking. Fair enough. And that's completely okay too. And then we have, I think, in total, we have about thirty-five people who've signed up. Wow, 
Yeah. That's really cool. Do you guys have like a, a float or, or special outfits planned or what, what's it going to be like? Can you give us a hand? Well, kind of th- toss together superhero ideas and I got some backup costumes for people who don't have any. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I might be one of those people. You could go as Captain Underpants. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> It would be so horrible. That would be the cutest thing ever. You could wear like a blankie as a cape. Well, you know, maybe that that could work. But but sure. So we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> you also invited uh, people like me, contributor, or not con- not just contributors, but some of your lesbros and some your of your Facebook fans. Why open it up to everybody? Because I think that's what Pride is about. It's it's about inclusion. It's not an exclusive event. It's not just people who fall into fall under the queer umbrella. It's also the people who are allies who are holding this umbrella up. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. That's awesome. Okay. So what else are you guys looking forward to uh, throughout Pride Week? Are you planning to attend a lot of different events? Um, we're actually pretty low-key people. Um and so, like, that's one thing that we're looking forward to with the parade, because that's one of the big pride things that we're actually doing, because we have a little one, and we actually don't really go out a whole lot. Um, but we were invited to speak at Northwest College, so we're going to be there on Thursday and talk, because they're having a, a pride event leading up to the weekend, so that we were invited to go speak to them. Um, and I think we're just going to take the week as it comes. Yeah. I yeah. think there's some family events that we might try and get to. Yeah, there's a family event at the art gallery that Isthmus and the Pride Center are partnering partnering up together, and it's a really great family-friendly event. And I think that one thing that's really cool about Pride is the evolution of how it went from just more or less being a parade with maybe 10 people walking into this complete evolution of being very family inclusive as well. Yeah. So having, you know, like there's some really fantastic um, events going on at the, at different bars throughout the city and different 18 and over events. But then there's also events for families where other queer families and allies can get together with their kids. Is that something that's a relatively new phenomenon or has that been going on for a while now? Um, I think it's been going on, but gaining momentum. Yeah, I think think just like with everything, the evolution is just growing. Yeah, the community in general has a a couple initiatives that have been doing more family events lately, so I think we're going to see more and more of it. Very cool, and it won't be uh, your daughter Lucy's first Pride event, or Pride Parade, will it? No, she's been going since she was a baby. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, her and her, like my former husband and I would go before and we we took her the first two years of her life and um, even though him and I aren't married anymore, he's still like one of my biggest allies for my relationship with Tara and for the queer community. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I want to go back to the Norquest College thing. It's cool that you guys were invited to speak. Uh, what are you going to be speaking on? Do you know yet? Um, not too sure. We just got an email through our website asking if we'd come down and talk about our website, um, just things that we write about, being an outreach and kind of a resource for people. Very cool. And how how are things going with idigyourgirlfriend.com? <sighs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It, it means it's really, um, it gets me out of my comfort zone when we talk about it because it, it 
we're like kind of blown away by the response that we've received. It's I can't express how humbling it's been. Yeah. Um, and because even though like Tara and I are the founders of it, it's really just a a platform for people's voices, and the response has been amazing. That's terrific. Well, you guys, yeah. you're you're providing a service that wasn't being provided before in this community, and I think it's really awesome. Well, thank you. So don't shy away from it. Be be <laughs> continue to be awesome and gracious about it. Thank you. Yeah, no. You're, yeah, it's easy. You're it's easy to be behind the computer and write about things. Um, and I think that's one thing that kind of when Tara and I do actually get a little bit awkward is talking about our involvement with it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's our baby, but it would not have happened without, you know, like an army of people helping and writing and, and let alone like the people reading it and asking for more content. Yeah. Ooh, they're asking for more. You're doing something right. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, we you guys... are, you know, we're a saucy team of people with <laughs> interesting things to say. <laughs> Terrific. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you in the parade, probably walking with you uh, if I can get my shit together. <laughs> um, so I just want to thank you guys for, for telling us a little bit about what you're doing and happy pride to you both. Oh, thanks, thank Adam. You. Thank you. You're welcome. That's it. That's our episode for this week. Obviously, there's not going to be a Fast 15 because there is no proper guest to Fast 15. But uh, we'll be back next time with a full proper episode with a full proper guest. Uh, in the meantime, thanks again to Dave, Tara, Janelle, and to Hal for taking the time to speak to us. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. And thanks, as always, for listening.